Welcome to Casting Nets. I'm Pastor Dave Rudat. Casting Nets is a podcast about real life, living faith. It still is a podcast about real life and living faith. It hasn't changed yet. It hasn't changed yet. Um, I'm here with Pastor Will Harley, and I have a story to, to share with you this morning, or, well, whenever you're listening to this. A, uh, there was a blood drive, and there was a Catholic priest and a Lutheran pastor going to this blood drive and a rabbit. And, and a rabbit and a rabbit and so not they, a rabbi a rabbit okay and they they march in and uh, the uh, the attendant behind the desk says uh, what's your blood type and the Lutheran pastor points to the rabbit and says I think he's a typo but I'm bummed we really gotta get one of those one of those reels. <laughs> So, so. <laughs> <laughs> with we, that, with that said, uh, a little. I bit don't of, know if you want to listen to the rest because it's only going to go downhill from there. <laughs> this is the big finish of our pastoral epistles, Second uh, Timothy chapter four. The uh, my title for the our section here, the big finish, the Christ for us, is the the title that I have for Second Timothy chapter four. And but before we get into that, we need a disclaimer. Uh, uh, Pastor Will Harley and myself, we are sharing with you God's Word and sharing with you some other things as well um, as we are talking and have, enjoying conversation with one another. And as we do so, the things that we say may not represent uh, the churches that we serve or our church body that we are um, that we uh, are members and part of. And so for that being said, if there's something that we say that uh, troubles you and says, I don't believe my church uh, believes that, or I don't believe the Wells teaches that, uh, feel free to reach out to us because uh, this is a conversation meant as a conversation. We're just throwing things up against the wall. We're just having a conversation between two pastors. Uh, so we are unguarded. Uh, we're just letting you know what's going on in our thoughts and our hearts. And uh, so we're, we welcome you to talk to us about it. Uh, you can talk to us in person. Most of our comments that we get are from people in person. But you can also email us at castingnetspod at gmail.com. And you can go to Facebook as well, Casting Nets uh, on Facebook. Look it up. There we are. So either way, if there continues to be something that uh, bothers you, we encourage you to look at another podcast of ours. Uh, we encourage you also to go somewhere else and uh, walk away. You're just listening to a podcast, just two pastors talking. Uh, in fact, go to the Bible, uh, read the Bible, and uh, and and think it through, and and say, well, maybe I'm offended because uh, I didn't understand that this is actually in the Bible, and the Word of God itself will convince you uh, that what we were saying, whatever it is that we we were saying, was right. I always advise people to go to the Bible. Yeah, the Bible's a good thing. Yeah, it's nice when they have it in a book and we can read it. It is. Take it if only someone would want. print that. If only. <laughs> If only it'd be reasonable to find, like you can just go just about not too much you want money, to. yeah, twenty yeah. bucks, yeah, right. <laughs> right, thirty if you want a nice one, right. Um, I could imagine it being written in with like a leather binding, right. of some sort. Yeah, you could write even if it's maybe not a little even... bit of gold on the edging. Yeah, uh, words even... of Christ in red. 
don't even have to buy the leather-bound b- Bible that you have to smell before you open. You can actually turn open on but your But you would computer. want to. <laughs> very few people want to. <laughs> the smell of leather is, is, is very pleasant. <laughs> so you can go on, on the computer, Bible Gateway, and there's all kinds of things that you can uh, Google on Bible Gateway and Google Bible passages. Internet is kind of a funny thing because if you Google something on Internet, uh, you probably aren't going to find the answer that you're looking for because... As you well know, you can uh, uh, say, how do I toast bread on the internet on Google? And it'll give you five different ways, five extremely different ways how you should toast bread. And really, you know, the only one way or the only three ways to toast bread. And you'll never come up with any resolution whatsoever on how to toast bread. So it's very important for you to, going back to the first thing I said, is go come and talk to us uh, and uh, talk to us. And we will be, be free uh, free to be corrected. We are okay with being corrected. We are okay with uh, discussing God's word. After all, that's why we uh, became pastors in the first place, because we want to talk about God's word with God's people. this was going to be the big finish for the pastoral epistles i didn't in the back of my mind i'm like this is this is sounding like the big finish for the last podcast that we will ever do yeah we're we're, we're not gonna this is not the last podcast i mean we have a bunch of stuff in the hopper i mean we still have to we still have to talk about abortion that's on the in the hopper we're gonna to have to talk about uh, christ in the old testament and i think we're going to be hitting uh leviticus here coming up and we have revelation that that we've been been promising our people we want to sort of dive into. So we got a lot of stuff that is going to keep us more than busy. But, you know, I, I just, I, I want to go back to a comment that you said in the very beginning. And and I take this kind of as an offensive thing. I mean, leather is a, is a wonderful, wonderful material. Um, it is, a, it's an understated material. <clears throat> and, and people don't value it like they should. Um, there is, there is just the beauty of tanned leather and the smell of tanned leather that you just can't find in anything else. And, and, and I'm, I stand by it that there are certain books and certain things that, that become ingrained in your head as special. And the only book I ever buy leather bound is the Bible. And every time I smell leather, I remind myself of God's word because that is, is, is so ingrained. So, I mean, there is, there's these wonderful gifts that God gives to us that, that link us to those remembrances, um, of, of those thoughts and, and smell is a, is a part of it. And, and also I would just say, I know people love to get like their Bibles on their computers and Bibles on their phones. It messes with your, your location index that God has placed into your head because you have no page and you have no location. You can't see something and see where about we are in the book that I'm using. Um, so having an actual Bible is a, is a really good thing. And if you want to spray it with lavender because you like the smell of lavender. You know, uh, the Lord can use all tobacco. different types of people <laughs> in his service with all kinds Cashmere. of different <laughs> interests and, Velvet. Uh, and likes. So just so don't, young men, as you're listening to this podcast, don't think that you have to like leather in order to be a pastor because that's not it a helps. requirement. <laughs> <laughs> and God's people don't think that you have to have. And what Will says is, is definitely true. Uh, having a book and knowing where something is by 
by touch is a good thing. So that's a, a good memory tool. That, not to say that it isn't any more efficacious than the Bible on Gateway, because the point that I was making is the Bible is readily available. And that was a very good point. But but I think it needed to be said that, that you know, if you're going to make this a lifelong study, which we all should, um, part of those things that God gives to us is is these wonderful ways he makes connections in our heads um, through scent, through <laughs> touch, um, but but also through sight, right? And and saying where are we about in the Bible? It was it was actually Professor Brug, um, um, who is is now retired from teaching, who said that you know you find a Bible translation that you like by five of those Bibles, and and he said that works on your what he called the localcadex, which is a really big word that means your location sense. Um, it's that ability that you have when you drive that you know what where to turn and because it, you know by location, not by street name, things like that. Well, that happens in the scriptures as you read them too over and over. You get to know by location in the Bible where you are. So you use the same Bible. Okay, moving on to the Mo- end. Moving on to the end, the big finish, knowing God's word. Paul is uh, building on what he talked about in the previous podcast. So if you did not listen to the previous podcast... I encourage you to do so because that's a good one because it talks about what is the world coming to? Well, nothing that the word can't handle. And he's going to continue talking about. I thought it was about grumpy Paul. Grumpy Paul. As grumpy as Paul could be. um, As grumpy as Paul can get, I should say. The closest Paul gets to being grumpy is in 2 Timothy chapter 3. But now the the Apostle Paul, as he is writing his last letter, uh, his last will and testament to Timothy, who is. Um, not the young man anymore, but now is a pastor, an experienced pastor who is also in many ways a seminary professor teaching other pastors. He is giving his last words, his, the big finish for his letter, and his big finish is to continue to be a preacher of the word, be a herald of that word. So I have a question coming into the text of chapter 4. Um, he begins with a solemn charge to preach the word, right? And, and he really, um, at least to me, hits home the solemn charge rests in the law to me that that first opening statement right he says i solemnly charge you in the presence of god in christ who is going to judge the living and the dead i mean that's that's like a a, a very hard-hitting law statement preach the word I, I and i wonder if he's doing it to add weight to to this that this is this is this is uh not a luxury um this is not a this is not one of those things where, where um, although in the third use of the law we get to do this, this is one of those, even if it wasn't the third use of the law, you have to do this. <laughs> um, the, the, the preaching of the word is, is predominant and must go out. Um, if he just ended that verse with judge the living and the dead, I would probably agree with you. But then he also says in view of his appearing and his kingdom. So how does Christ's kingdom come is through the word and sacraments. And so why does the kingdom come to us is because of the external word, not because of anything we do or, or, or don't do, but because of his grace coming to us in the word, in the means of grace. But I, I like the idea of, and it builds on what we talked about before. If the world is burning and if everything is, is going, downhill um guess what there's gonna there's an end in sight uh jesus is going to come and he's going to judge those who are alive and those who are dead um and he there's 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 a light at the end of the tunnel so as you are doing so there isn't a uh, option when it comes to god's word this is something maybe that's what you're trying to talk about it that there really isn't an option we can't just uh preaching the word isn't something that is a frill or 
Oh, well, if we get around to it, let's preach the word. But this is important because he is going to come and judge the living and the dead. Um, and he does come through that word to establish his kingdom, um, his kingdom in the hearts of, of men and women through the gospel and through the means of grace. Well, isn't some of that a little bit, you know, um, going back to, to Numbers chapter 11, where you see the frustration of of Moses because the people of Israel keep complaining and complaining and complaining after all the good things that God has done and all the things that Moses has, has stepped in front of God's people and prayed to the Lord and said, hey, no, no, no. Um, and they just keep complaining. And he finally throws up his hands and says, I'm done. Just take me. I'm done. And, and the Lord's response is, nope, I'm going to put 70 people who are going to proclaim my word. <laughs> Along with you, um, that that the 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 fix for this, right? The fix for what is ailing you, the fix for this problem is not you, not you doing more, not you doing um, something. It is proclamation, proclamation, proclamation. Um, this is so when when you see the world burning and you and you see sin uh, seemingly going out of control, it is not let's let's circle the wagons. It is proclaim the word. Yeah. Um, and that, that's how he, as we continue, he says, there's going to be a time when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but instead they have itching ears who want to listen to whatever they want to listen to, which is a good summary of what he talked about in the previous chapter. It's also a good summary of what's happening in his time. It's also a good summary of what's happening in our time. Uh, people have itching ears that they want to hear what they want to hear. And to be honest, uh, the, the members in our pew also have itching ears as well. They don't like what pastor has to say about uh, who, who can and who cannot uh, sing at my wedding or who can or who cannot uh, participate in my funeral or what, what can we have at a funeral service or what can't we have at a funeral service. It is very, very easy for God's people to say, I want what I want. I don't care what you say, pastor. Um, I don't care about this thing that you, <laughs> you're you talking about, which comes from God's word, that the worship service at a wedding or a worship service at a funeral should be about uh, somebody else other than the people in that service. Uh, it should be about Jesus and not about them. Or 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 even or even take it down a, a darker road, right, um, where, where Scripture and pastor says uh, homosexuality is wrong, and then one of our members has a child who comes out and says they're homosexual, and now they're, well, pastor, you're wrong, because how can, you know, my child can't be that way, or, 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 or is still loved by the Lord, or, you know, it's their lifestyle choice, and it's not that bad, um, and now it's, it's my itching ears want to hear that, because I don't want to hear that my child is engaging actively in something that is, is harmful to them, that God considers a sin, and so we got to get rid of the people who are saying that. And, and I think it comes back down to what he says in verse 2, which is, you know, be ready to do these this work even when it's not convenient, right? Um, yeah. He says, whether it is convenient or not. Um, and, and how many times is preaching the law not convenient, right? Um, and, and also preaching the gospel, by the way, because sometimes we get so infuriated um, and we're like, I just want to preach the law. I want them to leave with a guilty conscience. I want them to leave feeling the shame that they deserve. And and we are called to be the bearers of better news um, after the law has worked. Yeah, and to have great patience and to teach. I, I, I really appreciate that because it reminds me, I remember as a younger pastor, it's just that uh, the sense of urgency. Like if I don't have the right thing to say here, um, then I, my ministry is, is done or I... I 
I'm dig myself into a hole I can't dig out of. But just that encouragement from the Apostle Paul that great, great patience that you can't fix everything overnight or in one conversation, uh, in more than one conversation. And I, I really appreciate what you say. Where sometimes we just we just want to blast and be reminded that we're we're heralds of the gospel of the good news of what Jesus has done. And if we're not preaching Jesus uh, to our people, if we're not, if we're looking at God's word and saying, I don't want to proclaim that at this moment, we too, as pastors have itching ears because we would rather have our hearers hear uh, the law rather than Christ. And, and wasn't it part of our conversation um, throughout this last week? Uh, one of the things that we had talked about was the fact that, that many times the Lord does not give us an earthly resolution to the problems that we are confronted with. He gives us uh, an eternal resolution to ultimately all the problems uh, that sin causes because we are found in Christ. But but many times he does not take the the immediate problem that we're suffering with or de- or dealing with away. Um, we we talked about this in the framework of 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 bearing the cross, right? Where where you know life is suffering, whether you're a Christian or not. Um, and it becomes the bearing of the cross when that suffering would try to lead us away from the cross. Um, and, and now that becomes the bearing of the cross because I'm struggling with this because it wants to lead me away, but I'm clinging ever closely to, to the Lord and his promises that all is going to work out for my good eternally. And sometimes, sometimes we would love to say, I have the silver bullet as a pastor. It'd be more convenient to say, here, take these two pills and call me in the morning because you're going to be fine. And, but but unfortunately, you know, we don't have the choice between the red pill or the blue pill <laughs> for a met, uh, a matrix uh, type of illustration. But we we have to say, I'm sorry, but but here's God's word and his comfort to you that he is he is in controlling all things. Like last time we said, you know, as as the Christian, everything, everything that you encountered uh, and, and encounter in life is siphoned and sifted through the heart of of your savior. That was a funeral sermon that you preached well. It was a very good funeral sermon. But I brought sermon. it up last week too in our in the podcast. Oh, okay. For 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 but well, yes. 2 weeks ago maybe. Maybe 2 weeks ago. 2 podcasts ago. Maybe. But I, yeah, it was a funeral service, but but it's true. I I think it's true that 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 everything that we encounter as Christians is 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 sifted and siphoned through the body of Christ and the blood of Christ as as he has given everything. So this it helps, could be worse. Yeah, this helps us in verse 5 is what you're building up to is what Paul talks about in verse 5 is as for you keep a clear head in every situation, bear hardship, do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Uh you're not alone, you're not all by yourself. You have God who is working through you. Um, and sometimes working through you means that your life here on earth isn't that great, but that's not an indication of how God feels about you. God feels about you through is siphoned through the the cross and what God is, uh, what Christ has done for you. Uh, continue to do your work, uh, fulfill what God has called you to do, and keep a clear keep a clear head is actually my favorite verse of this section. I think um, maybe you can convince me as we go through it. But as for right now, that one is my favorite one. It's just the idea of that um, sober mindedness, not necessarily not being. It's not exactly a teetotaler statement, but it's it's talking about having a, a mind that is free from burdened or dragged down by. Um, other things, uh, be clear about uh, what's what your focus should be on and not focusing on the world that's burning, but focusing on Christ for that world. Um, and it helps for us as, as we, as Paul is talking about all of these frustrations, 
of encouraging God's people and of people turning away from God. And he's going to talk about more people at, at the, he's going to name names at the end of this chapter. Um, just that encouragement to keep, keep a clear head. Why are we doing what we are doing? Keep a clear head, knowing that the, the task in front of us is a, is an ongoing task. It's a task that is, that we're partnered with God through his word, partnered with Christ and what he has done. And, uh, it's a, a worthwhile task not to give up hope or not to give up period. Well, well, and, and, and it's interesting how he leads that your favorite verse he leads with, uh, working into that is, is really people who turn off their ears to truth and turn to myths as truth. And I think that is a, that is, if you can't see that today, I don't, I don't know when, when are you going to ever see it again? You know, the, 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 I mean, the fact that people will look at the, what God says and, and, and he was there, like just in the case of, of creation, out of all the beings that could possibly be who was there at creation, God, and God says, this is how it was created. And we throw that away and we, we instead contrive a myth about well, if we just add more time, the possibilities will become even less remote. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still it's still mathematically impossible that we all of a sudden just popped into being. I mean, it's almost as ridiculous as it's the myth of walking in the woods and seeing a watch and saying, oh, amazing how it just popped into being and fell on the ground right in front of me. No, you'd say this is made by whoever made the watch, Timex or, or whatever. If you have an Apple watch, it was made by Apple or whatever subsidiary in China that they coordinated to make the watch. <laughs> <laughs> but or how the children they use or the children from Malaysia <laughs> we're painting a really bad picture <laughs> it's a but, true picture but 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 it's one of those things that I think that we we fail to realize is that that we are spiritual people we, we are created to be spiritual people we're created to be worshipers um and and so we worship something and so if if God is not standing in the place if God is not if you're not standing with a clear head created by the spirit by the way um, to to see the Lord and his richness for who he is and what he has done, you are going to replace that with something. And 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 Paul says you replace it with myths, right? The stories you make up, the the fictitious um, omens or or the the contrived spirituality that you will now surround yourself with that that mean nothing. Like like if you organize your living room in a certain way, the energies of the universe are going to align and in your karma and your chi are going to be better. Now, there is something to be said that, you know, you can arrange your room to be more aesthetically pleasing, but it's not going to change any energy unless maybe the 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 flow of a fart so that it doesn't get to every person else. I'm We've sorry. We've down the rabbit hole. <laughs> What other holes are we going down? I'm just saying. It's <laughs> the tr- truth. It's the truth. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> L- let's not forget that the, the Apostle Paul, who uh, at wasn't one living time, in a room. He was in chains. <laughs> let's not forget the Apostle Paul once thought of Christianity and Christ as a myth and his, his religion as a truth. And so this is the Apostle Paul... Uh, Speaking from one who's been on the other side, and that—that's the important thing is, is for us to remember that God's that the Apostle Paul isn't just someone who uh, has brought up in God's Word and are brought up believing in Christ as his Savior, but someone who has been brought to that conviction through the external Word. And so the Apostle Paul says, "Use that external Word, uh, Timothy, 
because that's what's going to create faith, what's going to lead people to that same realization that it is the truth, even if, and don't be discouraged, Timothy, don't be discouraged, Christian, in, in 21st century America. Don't be discouraged if people turn away from it, or don't be discouraged if people think they're following the truth and your Christ, your Christianity is a myth. So I, I and 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 sort of before we move on to to kind of his farewell announcements, um, <clears throat> the one thing I I, I, I maybe maybe you want to touch on lightly is you 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 focused on your favorite verse and the keep the clear head, uh, and the bear hardships and that. Um, the very last statement he says in the, in verse five is fulfill your ministry. Um, and, and I think that is kind of a powerful statement in the section of of uh, maybe in the idea that the only thing that you can control is yourself, right? Um, the, the only thing that you can do is is what God has placed for you to do. Um, maybe turning into Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, um, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he has placed in advance for us to do. Um, fulfill your ministry for all of us. Um, God has placed you in a certain place, placed you in a certain area. God has placed you on a certain course um, and has in mind things for you to do, engage in. And, and, and here is, is Paul who's saying, and, he, and it's interesting because he's going to say, I've done that, right, in the next statement. Um, but he's saying to Timothy, he's saying, it's your turn. It, it's your Passing turn to baton, do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really like the next section because it does sound like the Apostle Paul is uh, puffing himself up again until you get to the end. I kind of like the the very close because like I've done this, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith, I've I have this crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day. And it sounds like oh Paul earned all of this, and then at the very end he says, well not only to me but also to everyone who loved his appearing. So the crown of righteousness that the Apostle Paul is going to enjoy. And the race that he has finished is not a race that is earned through Paul's effort, but something that is given to him because um, what was also given to him was a heart that loves the Savior. Well, you know, and I, I really do love Paul um, for many reasons, but I love Paul because I think he's not only a very, very smart man, but I think he is, um, I, I, th- I think he's like me in the sense that 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 deep down, you know, we, we have that sinful nature that still is boastful and prideful and sarcastic. And and you see, and, and maybe I'm just reading myself into his words, but but especially at the, near the end of his life, the end of his ministry, you kind of see his snarkiness and that, that sarcasm come out and then get tapered <clears throat> once again by the Lord and, and, and the Lord's promises. And, and maybe I find myself in that because I am by nature a very sarcastic person. I'm by nature... Um, like all people, prideful and boastful, um, who isn't, um, and yet it gets tapered, I hope, by the the word of the Lord and the promises of the Lord, and, and you kind of see that, you know, you see that I'm I'm already poured out, you know, I've done it, you know, go on, come on, Timothy, where are you on this? I've done it, see, I've I've done these things, I have finished the race, you know, where are you on this? And then he comes back and he says, oh well, we're all here. <laughs> Like you said, um, because of Jesus, um, we, we all get to do this. Um, and that, and that, that really is um, a, a wonderful thing because now he's going, to, he's going to, again, juxtapose that with people who didn't, right? Um, 
and, and name we've, names. And we've we've said that before. If you're going to have your name in the scriptures, what do you want to be named for? And these are not the good ones. <laughs> Some of them are. Some of them are, but the first one definitely isn't. Right, Demas. The uh, um, he was actually mentioned in a positive way in Paul's earlier letters, Colossians four and Philemon. Uh, he's mentioned as a fellow worker with Paul, but uh, Demas becomes one of those who turns aside to myths. Um, and, or turned aside the love of this world and goes to Thessalonica. Um, Crescens is someone we don't know anything about. This is the only time he is mentioned. Uh, Titus, of course, is a good guy. Titus is a, the pastor that was in, um, uh, what's the name of the island again, Cyprus? Yes. Cyprus. And Titus goes to, this is later on. So Titus now is in Dalmatia, which is uh, current day Albania and Yugoslavia. Luke. Luke is the writer to the Gospel of Luke, or okay. one of the most pro- prolific writers of the New Testament, and and he is with Paul. Yeah, Luke is. Yep, Luke wrote and, the Gospel of Luke and also the Book of Acts. And and if you were thinking about that, just as a, I know we're not in Luke or Acts, but but you know they say that that really uh, the Book of Luke and the Book of Acts were like this this uh, testament that was given to to Paul's lawyer while he was under this imprisonment. Um, so maybe this is where this is coming through. Sure. And then Mark is brought up, which is which is great, because Mark was someone that uh, Paul didn't have a very high opinion of. Barnabas, of course, had a very high opinion of Mark, but uh, because Mark uh, uh, left them during their first missionary journey, that was the reason why Barnabas and the Apostle Paul split up, because Barnabas thought Mark should come along. Paul said not, um, because he abandoned them. And now Mark, toward the end of, Paul's ministry um, is by the grace of God and the working of God through Mark's heart. He is a different man. And well, and notice, and and I think it's just beautiful. Notice his comment about Mark. Um, useful, useful for me, but not in not. But Paul doesn't say in my ministry. He says for, for ministry. He recognizes that God had other plans for Mark. Um, and maybe it wasn't to walk with Paul. Maybe it wasn't to go on those journeys with Paul. But but that didn't mean that Mark didn't have a ministry, and and he is very useful for ministry. Mm-hmm. I I thought that was a to to me that was you see some of the comments that Paul has uh, against Mark, um, and you're almost like, Ugh. but then you see at the end that that maybe he's by the grace of God he stepped back and recognized not every ministry is the same ministry. And not everyone is a cut out to do the same things. And and he recognizes that 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 Mark is useful for ministry. <clears throat> um, and it does remark uh, give us a statement of Paul's humility that he recognized the ministry wasn't his ministry, that his ministry had to be a carbon copy of or ministry in the world has to be a carbon copy of the Apostle Paul. Yeah, all have to be Apostle Paul's, but uh, the ministry is given to us by Christ. Uh, to share with others, and Mark can participate in that. Tychicus is also mentioned. He's also mentioned in Colossians and Ephesians, uh, one who delivers letters, I think, right? Is that right? Yes. Yep. And um, and then Paul mentions something very personal. Bring the <laughs> bring the coat that I left with tr- in Troas with Carpus. We don't know who Carpus is. Yeah, and- I forgot it on the hangar, and I had to leave real quick. <laughs> And my keys were there. <laughs> my keys were there. My scroll. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd left some books. <laughs> well, actually, he, he forgot some scrolls, and then he had personal notes on parchments. <laughs> parchments and animal parchments on leather. So Paul uses both paper 
and leather, and not just leather. Yes, and and he and, and he loved his leather ones more than his paper <laughs> ones. <laughs> oh come on! Because uh, Paul liked to sniff uh, them before, uh, so that he would remember what he wrote. <laughs> Because okay. it was said he had bad eyesight. All right. Dear, dear listener, this is what we call ice uh, when we read something into the text. <laughs> but we're just doing it in jest. <laughs> I am not being serious at all. I know I have some listeners that are going to say, Pastor Harley, what are you? I'm not doing, this is not serious. This is just in jest. Just so you know, I'm just trying to help prove my point that leather is better. <laughs> <laughs> just can't leave it alone. Uh, it's even in Paul's farewell statement. <laughs> yeah, he's enjoying this uh, podcast, uh, dear listener. Um, there's another bad guy, Alexander the Coppersmith. There's another Alexander mentioned in Acts and First Timothy, but we think this guy is probably a different one because he's mentioned as the Coppersmith and the other Alexander is not. Do you ever wonder what the great harm that he did was, I mean, if it was just like, I mean, was this like a violence or is this like uh, just he spoke out against it and, and really, really downplayed because he was respected as a, as a blacksmith in town and they took his words as, as uh, uh, more than what they could or should have? Well, it's just he opposed our messages in verse 15. So that's really the only well, thing. But it says violently certain. or vehemently, sorry, vehemently. opposed. So like I said, I, what, I often wonder what kind of opposition, you know, um, that th- this was, you know, is this like a stoning type of deal? I wanted, let, let's get a lynching going together. And it does seem to be like someone who has stayed around. So Timothy, be on your guard against this guy. It's kind of like, a, you're the godfather mentioning off the enemies to the, sure. the someone who, when he, when the God in, in the gangster mafia movies where they, they named the names of the of the of the enemies of the family for the, so that the family would avenge them but of course Paul doesn't ask Timothy to avenge him he says the lord is going to going to pay him back for what he did and and uh no but be careful around him because you know he'll he'll lay in wait for you too and i think that's the and 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 maybe this is something that we can learn and take away um in our own personal ministry is that <clears throat> um as pastors especially when we get a call somewhere else is it a bad thing? And I know sometimes we've we've said that, or or that it's been that idea. But I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing to say. Um, here are a couple of alligators that that kind of laid in wait uh, for me, um, or laid in wait in the ministry, and and were were kind of pushing against it. Um, watch out. Um, be be on your guard. Now, I'm not going to tell you what my opinion was, but I'm just saying watch out. Did you ever have have that? What? Well, I think we we had that conversation when I was a vacancy pastor and you came in and I said, here... Now, you here's. gave me a long list of all the things that I should watch out for and you say, if I was you, this is what I wouldn't do. And then I totally broke that. <laughs> and it's worked out pretty well. <laughs> false memory, false memory. No, um, no, and, and we did have that conversation of, of things. The, the conversation was, here are some... Um, things here, that were left undone. Left undone and things that could potentially be a landmine. Um, and so be aware of, and, and then you left it out. Yeah. Dear listener, just so you know, I was the vacancy pastor here at St. John and Mirabelle uh, for about 10 months. And then Pastor Will Harley came in. And so then we had that conversation where most of the conversation was on all the good stuff that was going on and all, all of the... 
um, the trying to ha- pass over the ministry on to, to Will. But there was an, an element of that as well, of, of watch out for this landmine, watch out for that landmine. I had that when I came into just about every congregation uh, was look out for this and look out for that. And sometimes it's good information. Sometimes it's good to uh, be blissfully, blissfully ignorant. But I, I guess if I had to choose between being blissfully ignorant and knowing the landmine, I would go with the man, knowing where the landmines are. And and I have to say, and I did not have this with when, when I came, um, I didn't have to worry about this, but I had been in a situation where I walked into a, a congregation and some of the landmines that I was warned about and some of the things that I was cautioned about were personality issues between the previous pastor and the congregation and had nothing to do with really the ministry itself. It was once that, once that personality left, things were, were deescalated a great deal. So, and like I said, I didn't have that issue coming, coming here, but, but you gotta, it's one of those things that you gotta sort of, you you play your way through, right? Some of them are very, very legitimate. These are tensions that are going on in the community or within the church. And some of them are just a personality issue that then, you know, once the personality is removed or one of them has changed, then, then that's gone and you don't have to worry about it too much anymore. Um, but you see the same thing happening with Paul. Paul is, is, is priming the pump to say, Hey, look out. Yeah. Um, and whenever the apostle Paul thinks that he was all by himself or you think of it, maybe perhaps Paul in his own mind is kind of spiraling and thinking I'm all by myself and all alone here. Then he has this beautiful, uh, statement in the next paragraph where the Lord, he, he reminds Timothy and he reminds himself how the Lord stood by him, strengthened him, he, that he was never alone even when he felt alone. And, and actually that is my favorite verse of four. Um, and, 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 and really, but ranking. everyone deserted me. That's your favorite verse. <laughs> everyone left me all alone. Everybody. No, um, no, my favorite verse is 17, oh. but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Sure. Um, and, and, and that, that is really my favorite verse. I think, um, I think one of the things that, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm noticing this more and more in the study that I'm, I, we did with numbers 11, as well as, as dealing with things in the school and some of the tensions that are going on there. And, and in the ministry itself is it's so very easy in ministry to start thinking that it's a ministry of one. It's so very easy to say, I am, I am the ministry of the church because I seem to be the only one working or, or in our school, it's, it, you, it, I can step back as an observer and, and start to think, well, everyone dumps on our principal or everyone dumps on our teacher. And it, it's so easy to make them think that they're the ministry alone and, 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 and recognizing that one, um, they are found in their Savior, so they are never alone. He's always standing with them and strengthening them. That's that trickle-down effect of the communication of attributes through through the blood of Christ. But the other thing that I think is, is, is something that's needful, to, and, and I think comes out in 16, and when he says, may it not be counted against them, is the idea that, that the church... When when you are when you're brought into faith through the waters of baptism, when you're brought into faith through the working of the gospel, God never brings you into the church of one. He brings you into the church of many. He brings you into a body of many parts. He brings you into a ministry of many people. Um, and, and and even though there may be moments in time when you think that I am I'm I'm hoofing this alone, you're never hoofing it alone. 
and God has always got people in line to come and help. And, and sometimes it's our own sinful nature that we don't ask, right? Um, and, and I think this is what, what some of this hope is carried along with Paul. I thought you were going to talk about just how Christ-like Paul was uh, when he says, may it not be counted against them. You're thinking about Christ on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Or Stephen, in the midst of being stoned, says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what well, they're doing. Well, that's a good comment, too. Um, and, and But this is a living document, so it, 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 it strikes different people at different ways and different times. And sure. it struck you with, you know, let's pronounce forgiveness. And today it struck me as the realization we're not alone. Yeah. And and I think that's an I mean and and for our listeners as well this is this is the beauty of going back and rereading the scriptures you know yes you've maybe read the scriptures or maybe read a book once um go back and read it again because you're at a different stage in your life you're at a different trial a, a different cross bearing at your in this stage of life and and it, and God will speak to you and give you hope and comfort in a different way outside of the one you got the first time you went through it and, and there's a beauty to that yeah, let's continue your thought on uh, you're never alone because that, that's how, really how he closes the book is he starts naming names of good people um, that work with him. Priscilla and Aquila, they're also mentioned in Acts. Um, Onesiphorus was mentioned in the earlier parts of Second Timothy. Erastus is mentioned in Acts. Uh, Trophimus is mentioned in Acts. Um, but then Eubulus and Prudens and Linus and Claudia uh, they're only mentioned here in Second Timothy, but they're reminders of the Apostle Paul. Even though when he felt that people deserted him, he really wasn't deserted because, he, first of all, he had Christ. And secondly, uh, when we talk about Christ for us, the working of his word, his church will always be found wherever his word is, is preached and his sacraments are administered. And his church is meant to be a community. It's meant to be more than just a church of one. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, I have Christ, I don't need the church, or I have the Bible, and I don't need a pastor— uh, this is the Apostle Paul looking at his the, his whole life and saying, it's Christ for us, and there's got to be an us. <laughs> it's not just Christ for you, but Christ for us, a community that he has uh, established through his word and sacrament. Well, and, and, and I like how you brought up that if you ever think that I have the Bible and I have Jesus, I don't need a pastor, just realize that even a pastor needs a pastor. I mean, there is, um, there is well— just yeah. in our circuit, you are the circuit pastor. You're you're the pastor for the pastors in the circuit, and and you have a district president um, and district presidium who are the pastors for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so so there is there's this wonderful reality that comes into this that that every person needs a proc, a, a proclaimer of the external word for them. Um, pastors, pastors, I know we are in our study. And, and, and we get into our studies for our sermons and, and the word, word first works on us before we present it to, to our people. But sometimes we miss things and we need to have that external word proclaimed to us by our pastors too. Um, and that's why I value, like, for, for when, like you had said, um, this is for us. We get together and we have a translation, um, a translation study every week. And it's amazing to me how beautiful it is that I, I know your, your thoughts aren't necessarily fully formulated. My thoughts aren't necessarily f- firmly formulated, but we preach many sermons to each other in those translation times where, where I'm getting fed by another pastor who cares about ministry and cares about my ministry and, and, and how I can better serve and how I can be equipped or how I can deal with what I'm dealing with. Um, and I hope we, we both share in that. 
um, where where we we pastor each other with that external word because it's it, we're never alone. I mean, as soon as you think that you're alone, that's a sinking ship, right? That the, it's very very easy to to flounder, very very easy to throw your hands up in defeat, very very easy to to get depressed. Um, and and so Paul reminds or to fall away or to fall away, absolutely. And and Paul reminds Timothy, I'm never alone. Even even in my darkest moments when I think I'm physically alone, Christ is standing by me and strengthening me. Um, I'm never alone, and this is because I am I am in this thing called the church. Um, I am in this body that is not just me. This is this is a body of many parts. <clears throat> well, Will, I have en- enjoyed going through Second Timothy, which is. Still, is it still your favorite book of the pastoral epistles? It is, it is, and and one of my and I've told you some of my favorite verses of it, but but I also think that what makes it a, a fabulous book is the way that he ends the book, um, and the way he ends the book is so unique to to Second Timothy. Um, he says very, we've heard before, you know, the Lord be with you, um, mm-hmm. but but notice how he ends it with the Lord be with your spirit, um, and I, I there's a flavor to that that I think is just unique. Um, the Lord be with your spirit. Sometimes physically it seems as if we've been abandoned, but the Lord is always holding us, right? Our spirit is always held in the very arms of Christ. Um, there's this, there's this so much comfort there um, <clears throat> that, that, that Paul, who is, who is leaving this world, right? Very shortly after probably the writing of this book, um, leaving this world, and and he rests on God's grace, and he rests his spirit in the Lord, and he wants that same he wants that same thing for Timothy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think is an amazing part. So yeah, this is still my favorite of the pastoral epistles. Yeah, and he f- he finishes off with grace as well. Um, all of this is because of grace. His whole ministry, his time with Timothy, Timothy's ministry, his time on earth, all because of God's grace. It's all about um, Christ for us. Uh, that's a, a, a really good big finish for Second Timothy, reminding us it's all about Christ and his grace for us, and it's all about him bringing us into a community that celebrates Christ for us. <laughs>